Hello once again and welcome to the Science of the Covenant. As you know, this is the podcast where we intently study the Bible, the biblical covenant, and its deeper meanings. So, are you ready to study today? So, if you have your Bibles ready, your pen and your pad, your computer, your tablet, let's get to work. Pastor, I turn it over to you. All right, thank you very much. What we want to do is continue where we left off last uh, time. Uh, we had talked about the power of creation, and we looked at that power from the standpoint of the word bara, which was B-A-R-A, but in the Hebrew it would be the Beth, the Resh, and the Elif. And we looked and we saw individually what we call pictographs. And the pictograph was a symbol or something that the letters had come from. And we saw in that particular word, bara, we were seeing where the power of the creators of the power of creation. But now we want to look at uh, the same word. And this time we want to look at the power of the creators. In other words, when we say creators, we know that the father and his son, Yeshua, they're the ones that brought all things into existence. So what we want to do is start off by reading again in Genesis 1.1. And here in Genesis 1.1, it says, in the beginning, Elohim created Eliptah, the heavens, and Eliptah, the earth. So when we look at that word, Barah, created, uh, it has quite an in-depth of meaning. And as I pointed out, we looked at the powers of creation. Now we want to look at the power of the creators. So when we read in Genesis 1-1, we aren't just told about where the power of creation came from, but we are also given the source whereby such power comes from. Therefore, inherent in the word create is a source by which the heaven and the earth were brought into existence. Let us now explore this source in Genesis 1.1, here it tells us that Elohim created the heaven and the earth. Then we are, we are observing something they did. This is what they did. What did they do? They used a source of power to bring about the heaven and the earth. So if this word for create in the Hebrew is bara. It is also a source. It is also a source. Then just what is such a source? As we observe the word meaning of the word in the power of creation and discover that the three letters it was composed of gave meaning to it the respective letters which make up the words were the B, the R, and the A, which were letter symbols from a tent, the head of a man, and the head of an ox. Even though we pointed out that when 
we put these letter symbols together with their meanings, we weren't given a number. We 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 were given a, a number of definitions to explain bara. So at this juxtaposition, we want to go a step further with these definitions, and in doing so, we want to do two basic things. The first thing we like to do is to again examine the letter symbols and their meanings. And secondly, we want to identify more clearly who and what they represent in reality. By way of review, we stated that the B was for a tent. The aura was for a man's head, and the aleph or the A was for an ox head. However, when we consider the meanings of these letters, they were the following. The tent had a meaning of house, family, and the preposition in or in. The aura, the head of a man, uh, has the meaning of first, top, beginning, chief. And the aleph or the uh, or the A was an ox head. And an ox head has the meaning of uh, strength or strong power, leader, a crown, or a king. Now that we see these things in symbols, let us see them in reality. You see, all of these uh, symbols and pictograms have a reality behind them, and this is what we want to look at. We are going to observe the meanings of these symbols of which we refer to earlier as pictographs, P-I-C-T-O-G-R-A-P-H, pictographs from two angles. We're going to look at these pictographs from two angles. We'll do this first by identifying the pictograph symbols and their reality. And secondly, by enhancing the meanings with the reality which they represent. Okay, let us look at, let us start with the B. The B comes from a tent. A tent was basically a dwelling place. So where could the dwelling place be in the Barah? You see, when we talk about a dwelling place in the Barah, then when Elohim first made the world, there, there, there was no dwelling place around. So we have to discover where was the dwelling place. Now, if you read in Genesis uh, 1.1, it says, in the beginning, Elohim created the heaven and the earth. In the beginning, he created the heaven and the earth. Now, no, in other words, that word for create, which means bara, is that he's the one to create the heavens and the earth. So if we say that the word bara and the bee comes from a dwelling place, then where possibly could the dwelling place come from? Because he was making, he was making the heavens and the earth. Okay, so let us look at that and understand uh, what it's telling us. We want to look at the reality of it, not just the symbols that it's given us. 
Now, the dwelling place that he's talking about was the heaven and the earth. The earth was the floor and the sky was the canopy. This terrestrial plane upon which the maritime, the botanical, and the zoological life resides is the floor of this cosmos. And the celestial dome of water stretched out like a canvas over the earth is a tent. And all who are on this earth are in a tent, you see. So when he say he created the heaven and the earth, and you look at that word be for tent or house, then what he is saying is that this whole universe or this whole uh, cosmos and the earth that we are now dealing with, it is the house, okay? Now, we want to turn to the book of the Psalms, in the book of the Psalms, and in the Psalms, to look at the 104th division, Psalms 104. And here in Psalms 104, we want to look at a, a few verses there. And the first verse that we want to look at in the Tehillim or the Psalms is verse number two, Psalms 104th division. And we want to look at verse two. And here it says, it says, who covers yourself with light as with a garment who stretches out the heavens like a curtain, okay? So in other words, when Elohim had the word bara to represent a house, he's talking about the house of this universe, and the sky is covering like a curtain over the earth. And notice what it says in Psalms 104th division in verse 5. It said, who laid the foundation of the earth that it should not be removed forever. So can you see that when you go to the book of Genesis and it says that he made it to heaven and earth and it describes how he separated the waters from above, from the waters beneath. And when he laid the foundation of the earth, what he did, he separated the waters from the earth and you had the waters, which was the seas, and you had the dry land, which was the earth. So when you look at the earth and the waters that were below, and then you look at the waters that he separated, which is the sky above, it puts us in a tent. So what he is saying here in the word bara is that the tent is the heavens and the earth. That's what the tent is. Moreover, we pointed out that the tent took on at least three meanings. The three meanings were a house, a family, and inn. Let us now look at these meanings with their reality. Let's start with a house. A house is one of the meanings of a tent. So in a way, we can say just like we dwell in a tent, we also dwell in a house. In a way, just as the reality of a tent is the heaven and the earth, where life of all kind resides. Even so, if we dwell on this earth, 
under the sky, this world is our house. So this is our house. And that's all in the B in the word bara. We are in the house. This is the house. Our universe is the house. The floor is the earth with its water. And the roof is the sky that is over our head. This is our house. And this is the house that he gave us. However, there are three more meanings we have for a tent. Thus, we have a house which represents a person. If in the creation no other persons was around prior to the creation of Adam, then what other person or persons could be a house? Elohim himself was a house. He was the one that was a creator. He's a house. In English, we speak about the house of God. In the Hebrew, we say the house or the Beth of Elohim. So he was a house. He was making a house, but he himself was a house. The next aspect of a house is that a house is a family. Whenever you have a house, which is a person, and that person has other individuals, then it becomes a family. So a house is representative of a family. Who was his family? Well, we know in heaven, he has a son, which is his family. And he has the angelical host, which is his family. Therefore, if Elohim is a house, who is in his house? Certainly his son is in his family, which would mean he is in Elohim's house or God's house. The angels are in his house. The next aspect is representative of a B, which is in, the preposition in. A tent represents in, of which we refer to as a preposition. One of the purposes of a preposition is to show a relationship. In the Hebrew, if one wants to point out that something or somebody is in something or some or some place, they do so by the prefix B, the second letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Consequently, if we are a part of Elohim's family, then we are in his family, which also means that we are in his household. Now let us examine the aura as it relates to the reality. So we see that the bee is the reality of the heaven and the earth, and it's also the reality that we are in his family. He made us a part of his family. So now when we deal with the aura, which is the resh, it comes from the head of a man. If no man was in existence when Elohim started the process of creation, then we ask the question, whose head? did this letter represent? If the letter aura came from a man's head, then whose head is it represented? Because when he started creation, there were no heads around. Certainly, if Yah said to his son, let us make man in our image after our likeness, 
they were the only two existence prior to the man being created. Therefore, it would only be logical to say that the head of a man is representative of Elohim, of which we refer to as the Godhead. So thus far, we can say that the head represents the Godhead or Elohim's head, of whom is the primordial head of the entire universe. Now let us go on to see how the head of a man aligns itself with the meanings which are given to it. Now we discussed that the aura, as we pointed out, the letter aura comes from a man's head. And we also under, understand that the head of a man could carry at least four meanings. Let us now explore these various meanings of the head of a man. One of the definitions for the head of a man is first. When you talk about the head, you're talking about the first. Certainly, if as we already discovered that Elohim is represented by the head of a man, then it would mean naturally, it would naturally follow that if no one else was around when he started the creation, then he is the first. Just as the head of a man means first, even so Elohim is the first. Another meaning for the head of a man is the top. The top deals with the highest part of something or somebody. As with Elohim, his head is the top part of his body. However, not only is his head portraying the top of his being, but it also means to be on the top of creation, being on the top of everything he brought into existence. The head also carries the meaning of beginning. The book we call Genesis comes from its Hebrew name, Reshith, Reshith, R-E-S-H-I-T-H, Reshith, and it means first. It means former. When we put the prefix B on the word Reshith, we get the word Bereshith. B means end, and Reshith means beginning. So when we put them together, we have the word Bereshith, which means in the beginning. And Bereshith in English is our word Genesis. What, we've ex what we are experiencing with the word beginning is that all things in existence had their beginning with Elohim. The head of a man deals with being the chief. The head defines who is the chief. The chief is considered the top-ranking person. We would look at Elohim as being the chief over all things in heaven and in earth. Let us now proceed to deal with the final letter in the word bara, which is the elif, of which we say it is equivalent to our A. So the Aleph, the A, this letter in Hebrew is a silent letter 
and dependent upon whether it is given an E sound or an A sound would de be determined by its how it is pronounced. But Hebrew is basically a written language. However, the Hebrew Aleph is derived from an ox head. And again, we haste to point out that when Elohim commenced to create this world, there wasn't any ox in existence. <clears throat> the ox wasn't made until the sixth day of creation. However, when Moses wrote concerning the creation, we understand that the Hebrew language was in existence. Did Adam and Eve speak Hebrew? I'm not certain if they did or did not. However, the Hebrew written language has a pictograph, have a pictograph for each letter of their alphabet, and the one for the Aleph is an ox head. In actuality, the ox head symbolizes Elohim. Last study that we had, we, we pointed out that the Aleph in Elohim, which starts the name of Elohim, it, it deals with Elo, Elo, ah, it deals with El, it deals with uh, <clears throat> Elohim, and all of them begin with the Aleph. So Aleph actually represents Elohim. So when they used the ox head, they were using it as a symbol of Elohim. And as we deal with the meanings of an ox head, it should be able to give us more of an understanding of it. And as we deal with it, it becomes more obvious as to why the ox head is a pictograph symbolizing Elohim. As for the ox head, we are going to probe into four of its meanings. Already we have established that the ox head represents Elohim. That is, that is what represents him. It is not him, but it represents him. Therefore, the meanings of which we give for the ox head will substantiate the usage of it to portray Elohim. Our first meaning for an ox head is the word strong. An ox is a tremendously strong animal. When we speak in terms of a person being as strong as an ox, we are referring to somebody as having an extraordinary amount of strength. Therefore, <clears throat> it is easy to see how Elohim can be looked upon as an ox head because of its strength. Another meaning for an ox head is power. Certainly, in some ways, strength and power may be one and the same. However, let us look at power from two aspects. The first type of power we refer to is one's ability. When we consider Elohim's ability to bring forth the heaven and the earth, that is truly power beyond our wildest expectation. The other type of power, we would call it authority. Now, the word authority means that you got permission to do what you do. 
In other words, a person may have a lot of ability. They may have an excessive amount of ability, but do they have the authority? Let us say that you were in a city and there was a situation where your house uh, was flooding and you called in a plumber. Now that plumber has the uh, power or the ability to fix that flood that you're dealing with. But when you deal with the authority, even though he has ability, he still has to have the authority. How does he get the authority? He has to have a plumber's license. And having the plumber's license is gives him the authority to be able to put his ability to work. If he had the ability and no license, he would not have the authority, even though he had the ability. So when we look at the authority, we're looking at the permission or the power to be able to do. This type of power deals with one's right to do what it is that one does. This type of power is given on the basis of who ultimately can approve of something to be done. In dealing with Elohim, with this type of power, he has is to answer to no one. He himself is his own ultimate, ultimate authority to do what he does. He doesn't have to ask anybody. He, have to, he doesn't have to go to anybody. He is his own source of, of a power. And this is why when Yeshua, when he was on, on earth, he said, all power in heaven and earth has been granted unto me because he has the ability and he has the authority. The next meaning of an ox head is a leader. When you look at an ox head, it represents a leader. Generally, when we speak about a leader, it is one who is strong in as much as we look to leaders as someone who is strong, but we also look for a leader to lead us a right. Certainly, if Elohim is our leader, he is strong and he can definitely lead us aright. An ox head can also be represented as a crown, meaning it symbolizes a king. Is not our Elohim, our king, and potentate both of heaven and earth? Now that we've observed each letter in the word bara, we can see in them both the power and the source from which it comes. When we define the meaning of the word bara with all the letters together to make the word, it means to prepare, arrange, or to organize. That's what it means. That's what bara means. So when Elohim came, he had the power to take matter and to organize it and arrange it into that which he wanted it to be. Now, with that in mind, what we are seeing is that Barah, Barah is basically showing us the reality of who made 
the heaven and the earth. Now, we're going to close there. Now, what, what we're going to do in our next study, now that we understand the word bara, in our next study, we're going to deal with the word bereath. Bereath, which means covenant. And in that study, we're going to show you how the word bara and bereath are associated. Because what we are defining is the covenant. And we want to see how the word bereath and bara as we deal with the covenant. And we want to see the relationship of the covenant with the creation. So we want to stop there and see if there's any questions, observation, or anything that we'd like to deal with. And then we'll look forward to our future study of looking at bereath as it relates to the word bara. What I, what I, one of the things I found that was interesting is that uh, with Alif, Aleph, I'm sorry, mm -hmm. Aleph, Aleph. Mm -hmm. uh, meaning strong power and leader. Yeah, that's what it is. Uh -huh. And that it showed from the very beginning he wanted to be our leader. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Mm -hmm. But Israel, for some reason, they felt like they had to have a man, human like them, as their leader when mm -hmm. they could have had the I am as their strong leader. That's true. That's definitely true. In other words, um, you're right. That you know, that's you know, that's mind-boggling because he wanted to be their king. He wanted to be their leader. And every time they look at a spire of grass, their mind should have turned to the fact our Creator made that grass. Yeah. Every time they looked at a tree, where did that tree come from? Elohim made that tree. He was the Elohim. They could look all around creation. They could look in the heavens and see the stars, the sun, moon, and the stars. They could look at the earth and see the, all the plants and the flowers. And every time they saw that, they would be reminded of the fact, Elohim is your king. He's yeah. all around you. He created everything that is here. But they couldn't see that. They wanted an image. They wanted to worship idols like their nations did. And we find the same thing today. <laughs> yeah. We look at all of his creation and can't draw to the conclusion in our mind, who made these things? Yeah. And if we can if we can sell that, we'll say, hey, I don't need any president. I don't need any uh, 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 ruler. He's my king. And you're right. They, they, they couldn't see that, and they broke the covenant. You know, and, and that's my feeling today, especially <clears throat> as a black person here in America and everything we've gone through. Why on earth are we constantly dealing with these political arenas who doesn't represent us when we have a king that's willing and waiting for us to be our leader and to be a just leader? Uh -huh. But we, we constantly seem to look for um, a leader in, amongst our own people. I mean, let, let's be honest here. We are wicked people. Uh -huh. We're born into we sin. So how just can we really be uh -huh. in all? And, you know, it's just interesting. And it's crazy because I, I would think if, if I just know how I am as a human. And if I created something that is living and wanted the same love in return and they turned their back and it was like, well, we want something else. It would hurt me as a king. Yeah. And uh -huh. I want to give you the best of everything, uh -huh. you know, 
It just amazes me, though. It's mind-boggling because of the fact that uh, here we have a creator, and he want to have a covenant with you. Mm-hmm. And then he give you promises that if you obey, you're going to be blessed. But if you disobey, you're going to be cursed. Yeah. So wouldn't you, wouldn't you want to bless? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I you know, know I would. You know, and, and we are looking to political leaders to give us the blessing. We are looking to uh, governors and mayors and all that. Give, it doesn't come from them. It comes from him. Exactly. And matter of fact, when our leaders, when they have to sit down and eat, they still have to eat the same food that our Elohim has provided for them like he provided for us. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, so, so our whole work, our whole work, our entire being in these last days on, of earth history, our entire work in the closing days of earth history is to help the people to see the covenant because the, co- the covenant but not only sustain you in this world, but it'd be able to get you in the world to come. That's why we're talking about the covenant. Yes. Yes, I truly believe that. You know, because it, it's interesting also that he says, I am the Aleph and the Tav, the beginning and the end. Uh-huh. Somebody is telling you, I'm where it starts and I'm where it ends. Uh-huh. That's powerful right there. Okay, but you, you know, you, you, you say it's powerful, okay? Uh, but let's, let's draw it out and see how powerful it is. I, I'm going to be touching on this uh, next week too, but, but now that you brought it out, but let's, let's see how powerful what you just said is. He said, I'm the Elif and the Tav, okay? Now, we know that the Elif is the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Yes. And we know that the Tav is the last letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Mm-hmm. Okay, now, and as we pointed out, that the Elif represents who? Elohim. Mm-hmm. But the Tav, it represents, it comes from a pictograph of a cross stick. So when you look at a, a stick, uh, two sticks, and they across one another, that's where they got the Tav from. And matter of fact, when you see a cross stick, it reminds you of a T in English. Mm-hmm. See, English doesn't go into this, but the Hebrew does. It, it's, it's two cross sticks, okay? Mm-hmm. So if you got Elohim and then you got, got the cross sticks, many of the scholars are recognizing that when he said, I'm the Elif and the Tav, he is saying, I'm Elohim, and I sent my son to die on the cross, which is a Tav. Wow. And that power is wrapped up in the covenant. Even when we sin, he loved us so much that he had in the covenant, the cross was right there in the covenant to be able to redeem us. That is, that is, you talking about power, that is power. So what are we seeing? The Elohim in creation has power. And he's saying the same Elohim has power in the cross. So when you look at creation, it is the same power in creation is the same power in redemption. Creation and salvation go together. That is power. Wow. Wow. 
that is something. You know, um, it's it's interesting how you said too that he had already built in the plan of redemption. Mm-hmm. Because he honestly could have just said, I'm done with this. I'm going to wipe the slate clean. I'm destroying everything and start mm-hmm. from square one or just be done with it. Mm-hmm. But he loved us so much mm-hmm. that he's like, I'm going to give you guys a chance. And mm-hmm. I'm just wondering how many of us really are accepting his chance that he's given us in these last days to return to the covenant and to do what he says that mm-hmm. he wants us to do. You know, we can't continue to go along living how we want to and asking Yahuwah to conform to us. That's right. You know, and I think a lot of these religions, that's what they do. They tell people, you need to conform to us, not what Yahuwah says, Uh but what we say in our doctrines and everything else. Uh You know, but I think when we get back to the covenant, then we get to embrace his leadership and everything uh-huh. that comes along with that. That's right. Uh-huh. Well, you see, uh, this this is why uh, Elohim, see, he never gave us a religion. Uh-huh. See, a lot of people, they go on by their religion, and religion is man-made, just like you said. Yeah. You're going by what man says. That's his religion. Uh-huh. Elohim never gave us a religion. Elohim gave us a covenant. He expects us to go by the covenant, not a religion. They got almost different denominations almost raised up on a weekly basis. Every time you look around, you got another denomination or or, 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 or another religion. You got a religion over here. Everybody got religion, but he never gave us religion. See, he he gave Adam a covenant. He gave Noah a covenant. He gave Abraham a covenant. He gave Moses a covenant. He gave Jacob a covenant. He gave Isaac a covenant. All of these, they were given covenants, not, not a religion. Because a religion to have you uh, doing things that man wants you to do, and he's satisfied with you following him, but you may not even be following Elohim, but you're just following the man. So he gave us a covenant and we are to come back to his covenant. That is true. The beginning and the end, the elephant, the tough. That's our, mm-hmm. that's our leader. The ox head showing that power. Mm-hmm. Well, pastor, can you close us out for this podcast? Okay. I love it. Father, we thank you for another time that we can be able to share with others the things that is found in your covenant. And as we look at the heavens and the earth, oh, Heavenly Father, and how you have placed mankind here on this planet. And when you made him, oh, Heavenly Father, you made him the father of the covenant. It was you. It was your house. We are in your house. We're in the place that you have built. We are part of your family, and you have given us this place to live. But as a result of man breaking the covenant, oh, Heavenly Father, it has almost been obliterated because man no longer wants to follow you. He wants to follow the dictates of mankind and to be able to establish his own way of worship. But we know that we must only worship and bow down to you because you are the one that created the heavens and the earth and all mankind. You are the house. You are the head. 
you're the one, O oh, Heavenly Father, that is Elohim, who has all power to be able to create, and you have all power to be able to save. And so as we come into your salvational promises, that through the cross of Yeshua the Messiah, that his blood, which is his life, may be able to atone for our lives. And as you give us your life and we give you our old life, then you can give power in our lives to be able to keep the covenant that you have given to us, that it might not only be to help us in this world, but it also can get us in the world to come. So bless each person who listens each week that they may be able to settle in their hearts that they want to follow your covenant, not the religions of man, so that they can be able to transfer one day from this world to eternity. And when we get into eternity, we'll continue to study your covenant. We'll be able to study about the love of Elohim and how his son died on the cross. And we'll be able to study the universe and all that you made. And we'll have an eternity to do it because we've accepted eternal life through your son, which is Yeshua the Messiah. These blessings and others we ask in his name and for his dear sake we do pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. Amen. Well, I still want to, as I say many times before, encourage you to continue reading and studying the scriptures and also to return to the covenant. That is our podcast for this week. We want to encourage you again, return to keeping the covenant with Yahuwah has cut with us. And we also encourage you to weekly follow our podcast. We have a whole bunch of things in the future that we're going to be doing soon, and you're not going to want to miss it. So subscribe wherever you can, and just make sure you listen to us on a weekly basis. And if you have any questions or any comments that you would like us to address or state on the air, just reach out to us at scienceofthecovenant at gmail.com. And we'd be happy to answer your question or read your comment. And as it states in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, study to show thyself approved unto Elohim, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Until next week, shalom. <laughs>